all I've seen is what a divine, joyful experience the holidays are for those who are in They're so romanticized. Like it really, I, I mean, I love the holidays and I grew to love them as a single, but they really are like highly romanticized. Well, instead of it being like, it's the most wonderful, wonderful time, time of the year. It should be, it's the most romanticized time, time of, the year, of the year. For sure. JJ. And welcome to another episode of the Heart of Dating podcast. We just wrapped up season 11 and now we're going into a brand new kind of mini season. Is this season 11.5? It's season like 11 and a half. That's right. <laughs> like platform nine and three quarters, no 11 and a half. Um, and it's the holidays. Cue Mariah Carey. Dude, I just found out that that song is an original song. Yeah, she's amazing. She has made so much money just off that one song alone. It's incredible. So this season 11 and a half, we are talking about being single during the holidays and all the things that go along with it. Today, we're talking about loneliness and the holiday blues. We're going to also focus on single shaming. What do you do when your great aunt Mil Milda, is that a name? Mildred, Mildred. <laughs> asks you once again, Mildred. why are you still single? Uh, we're going to talk about dating during the holidays and how to date well during this holiday season. We're going to talk about meeting the parents. We're going to talk about how to maximize your time being single on the holidays. And we're also even going to talk about New Year's and the grief that may come with starting the New Year single. So we have a whole lot for you this season. We're super pumped about it. Real quick, a few brief announcements. Don't forget we have Patreon and it's the best way to be able to support us by joining for at l as little as $5 a month. You actually can join for free, um, which I recommend that you do because you'll get some updates and little fun things, but definitely consider if you can afford it supporting us for $5 a month, go to patreon.com forward slash heart of dating. All right. Can't leave you without talking about one of our free resources, which we have a gazillion of. Okay. Today, I want to highlight our how to show interest freebie because yes, it's cuffing season and maybe you want to get back out there. So if you want to know how to show interest, go to heartofdating.com forward slash resource forward slash show interest. Last but not least, what am I doing right now? Babe, what am I doing? You're doing the spirit hands. Yeah, I'm doing spirit hands, but you'd only know that if you're watching us on YouTube, right? <laughs> Why am I out of breath? Because <laughs> I'm pregnant. I can't do you lots of actions. You think the best way to get people to follow us on YouTube is to spirit wave your hands. hands. Hey, it reminds me of Bring It On. Hey. I, hey. I'll be honest. Yeah. I what? think a, a better way is to just let you guys know that Lovey and Teddy surface in the videos <laughs> so the dog you get to see the dogs join us on youtube okay because we have been loving it and we have special features on there we got you get to see our personal faces and that's so much more fun you actually you get, get to comment dogs. too like yeah, you actually you, have, you get to have a conversation some of the people's comments are strange but we're not gonna go there <laughs> no there's some haters on youtube yeah like people that don't know to know us and they're like I don't know. They just they're say very, the most random They're brutal. Things. They are very brutal. They, somebody called me over the hill. It's fine. I don't care. But yeah. yeah. They call me a Chad who looked great. 
they're like, I don't know what this girl's talking about. This guy's like a Chad looking dude who looks great. And she's over the hill. I was like, thank you. That's very kind of you. Really appreciate it. I was like, well, first of all, thank you. That's very nice of you to say about me. But you can't talk about my wife like that. Yeah. But thank you. Just to clarify, thank you. Goodbye, Jonathan. What was his name? Don't know. All right, we're getting into the episode content today, and we are talking about a heavier topic. We're talking about loneliness and the holiday blues that does, in fact, happen this time of year. And I just want to say, first of all, why does this happen? Well, often the holidays is known as kind of cuffing season, okay, which really in layman's terms is the cold and winter months that is seen as a period where it's specifically desirable to enter into a romantic relationship. Okay, that's cuffing season. I have a question. Yes. Is it like, what are you cuffing? Is it like handcuffing yourself to one another? I don't know why it's called cuff. I actually don't know. I thought it was like cuddling season. It's cuffing season. We need to look into why it's called cuffing season, but that's all I know is that's what it's called. Um, And, you know, as much as you might be like me and love movies like The Holiday and all those holiday rom-coms, we love that. It can still sometimes watching those and all the Hallmark, Hallmark movies, it can still be a reminder of what you don't have right now. And that can bring up some feelings. And another thing that happens in this season when it comes to loneliness is There's often a lot of, it's a time of expectancy. Biblically, it's a time of expectancy. Obviously, we're awaiting the birth and celebration of the birth of Jesus. Uh, But there's also expectation sometimes in um, our personal lives when it comes to dating and love and romance, when it comes to our families and what we wish was the relationship with our families or sometimes our friends. And so there's a lot of expectancy in this season. So babe, will you just kick it off though and tell them specifically what is loneliness? Right. Well, loneliness obviously is probably the first thing that surfaces, which in cuffing season, by the way, the urban dictionary definition of cuffing season is it's cold and lonely. So people are desperate to get cuffed, literally handcuffed to one another and <laughs> for warmth for a relationship. Okay. So it's actually the origin of cuffing season is because people are lonely. Yeah. Right. And, but that's a good word for anyone who's single is how do you define lonely? Mm. or loneliness because the reality is that if you are single you will have times there will this is like guaranteed you will be lonely like you are going to experience times where you feel isolated from others in some area of your life and this underlying feeling of being uninvited like excluded like you're late to the party Maybe you're unwanted, like you are not the priority of somebody else. Mm. Maybe you feel left behind or unworthy of even being prioritized. Maybe you feel misunderstood. Mm, Hello. But what is super confused and lost and just saying I'm lonely is there's a difference between loneliness and being alone. Mm, Right. There's a difference between loneliness and being alone. And, And there is a difference because often... Being lonely, like the feeling of loneliness 
has nothing to do with being physically alone or absent. And it has everything to do with feeling disconnected or feeling a lack of connection with other people Mm -hmm. or feeling misunderstood or rejected. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, loneliness is probably more like assumed rejection. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just assuming, or I am, I know that I'm rejected by others and that is what I'm sitting in. I'm rejected by family, rejected by friends, rejected by romantic interests, maybe even feeling rejected by God. Yeah. Like he's, this is another season yet again, like God is where I'm single, right? Rejected me or just spiritually. I just feel so distant. Or maybe I've even rejected myself. Mm, like I good, can't yeah. even look at the person in the mirror and because want I to be around them. I just don't even like this person. Right. Yeah. So it's different. Like loneliness and being alone. You might be alone and be lonely, but more often you can feel very lonely and still have people around you. Still be going to holiday parties, still have plans for Christmas and Thanksgiving and still feel lonely. I mean, there were so many years where yes, I had family and yes, I went and saw my family, but there were still times where I felt a deep sense of loneliness. And I always laugh because most of the relationships I had in the past were like relationships that started like early spring and lasted through summer and then ended. And almost always at the holidays, I was single. Like I'm telling you guys, it was incredibly rare for me to actually have a boyfriend or a romantic interest during the holiday season. (laughs) But what you're saying is you were at home with two parents in a nice house. It was warm. You had holiday Spirit, your family takes Christmas seriously. Right. And you were going to bed feeling alone every night. Yes, I was feeling really alone. I was feeling just down and mainly because of expectations that I had that weren't being met. And also just feeling a sense of overwhelm by everything that was happening in the season around me and all the romance and all the blah, blah, blah. And just feeling like, man, like I'm not understood. I'm not seen, or maybe even God doesn't see me or yet again, I'm alone during the holidays. And, you know, it was also because a lot of my breakups happened seemingly at the end of summer. It was like, it's so funny. Cause I trace it back and like almost all my breakups ended like end of summer. But, um, I would always, it would also be a time where like, I'm reflecting on the breakup and being like sad <laughs> as well. So there's like a sense of, Oh, I could have had a future with somebody, or I could have been in a relationship and could be doing all those fun rom com things and have my Jude Law. But instead, here I am yet again. Alone. So you're saying for you, it was like a double, mm-hmm. like a double pain. Not only am I alone, but I was just recently in a relationship and I was so close to experiencing all the holiday fun. Yeah. As a couple. Yeah. I was like so close, but no cigar. And there's another layer on top of that for me that also had to do with disconnection, even from family. Like I still could see family, but I still have had to work through like hard layers of connection with my family. And there were some holiday seasons single where I didn't choose to go home for the holidays, um, which was better for my mental health, but it just meant like I was physically more alone during those times. But even when I wasn't physically alone, I was with family. There was still hardship that came up with that. And it was really challenging. And I felt like not seen or understood oftentimes. And so that contributed on top of this feeling of loneliness. I was around people. I had plans, but 
I just felt alone in that. I felt emotionally alone, emotionally unseen, and kind of just rejected, like you were saying. Well, that's a great feeling to, to kind of hone in on, because I actually think like, in my experience, and I think a lot of adults, their parents frequently get divorced, they move, like, they don't go back to their childhood home. Mm-hmm. with their childhood friends yeah. or their college friends. So holidays, I think for a lot of people, if you're not really connected with your family, if your family is not one of those families that deeply enjoys each other, fulfills each other, satisfies that relational need between one another, holidays can actually be incredibly lonely and sometimes boring in that sense. Mm-hmm. And that boring kind of reveals, well, I'm actually pretty lonely. Right. That boringness, that lackluster of planning and outings and fun is actually a really good like moment where we settle and we realize at the bottom of my heart, I'm actually lonely. Yeah. And sometimes you even reconnect with those friends. You reconnect with the childhood friends, the local friends in your hometown. And guess what? You can still feel lonely. Yeah. You can feel like you missed the boat. You can feel like they're all ahead of you. You or feel you're like behind. They, maybe you change or they change and they don't get you anymore. Right. There's tons of different scenarios where mm-hmm. people can feel lonely in those situations. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that is when I say I'm feeling lonely or I'm feeling loneliness, the last thing I would think of is me in a room full of people, mm-hmm. quote friends, quote family, people that I love and feeling really lonely. Right. I typically only imagine it as me in a dark room in the corner late at night, just feeling really sad, feeling really isolated, feeling really lonely. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the case. Right. So we actually have a great masterclass that we taught on loneliness over a year ago um, in our program, The Singles Academy. It no longer exists, but you can actually get that masterclass um, in our Patreon community. It's available and it's a really powerful masterclass. It was our first one. And I think it's many people who was who were in TSA's favorite masterclass. Um, so just so you know, if you want that or that way help you this season, you can get that in Patreon in the third tier of Patreon. Um, But really briefly, I just want to go over um, the different kinds of loneliness. And this is from Elisa Morgan. I thought this was really interesting because there's not just one kind of loneliness, which we use it as a blanket term. So once I did this research, I was like, this is so clarifying. And so we teach way more about this in the masterclass, but to like kind of go over it just briefly, I'll go over the different ones. Wait, so you're saying there's actually different buckets of loneliness? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Right. So the first kind of loneliness is emotional loneliness, which kind of translates to no one knows or understands my feelings or no one really wants to hear them. Okay. So no one knows or understands me and my emotions and feelings. Right. So no one knows me emotionally. Right. Or understands me or, or cares. really wants to know how I'm feeling or do. Right. No one cares to know. Right. Who, like what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. Yep. Ah. Oh. The second one is relational loneliness. Like you don't feel known for the real you. Maybe you're always putting on a facade or maybe nobody's asking you questions to really get to know you. Or maybe you just feel not accepted. I I used to have that issue with my family. Like my family knows me, but I just always didn't. I often, not always, I often felt like I wasn't fully accepted by them. So like I was, I felt really seen and known by my friends, but then I would go home and sometimes I would just feel like they're still treating me like, 
Kate as an eight-year-old girl Mm. and they don't really know or understand the Kate today. And so I'd feel really relationally alone because man, I just don't feel known for who I am right now. And I don't even feel accepted for who I am right now. That's good. So they know like a facade of me or they have, they treat me like something that I'm not. Exactly. And that, do you think that happens in friendship too? Oh, definitely. Sometimes we can bring it on. It's like, sometimes we take ownership for the fact like, I'm not being vulnerable or real with this person. So maybe there's a reason why relationally I don't feel known. Or it could be sometimes people just lack curiosity. Well, you know what I call it? I call it the friendship plateau. Right. Or the plateau of friendship. Yeah. And you just think about we have these friendships where we've just kind of plateaued because you don't necessarily know the real them. Mm -hmm. You've never been able to be vulnerable with one another. Yeah. So you can't say that you have that rich friendship because neither of you are really surfacing as the real you like the unfiltered version of you it's true your true thoughts like everything is just so polished and nice when it comes out that so sweet and nice it's kind of okay well you're happy and glad well yeah not much to talk about there it's like the toxic christian positivity sort of like i'm only they only think my life is perfect and great and wonderful yeah or just like neither of us have a a desire to go deeper. deeper yeah right Another kind of loneliness is missional loneliness. This one's kind of random, but it's that you just feel like your life has no meaning and that you don't have a clear purpose. And this often comes up at the end of the year because you're reflecting about the year and you're like, whoa, what did I even do with my life this year? Like that was kind of a purposeless year. And so sometimes you might feel like missionally alone and confused. Um, Another one is spiritual loneliness, which really ties into like God and feeling like God has rejected you or abandoned you, or maybe even feel like blocked from hearing him or experiencing connection with him. Mm. And he's always there. Like the, the lie is that he's not there and he doesn't care about you. The reality is we see it through scripture. He's always there, but sometimes it truly feels like he's not um, because either we've put up blocks or there's like actual spiritual, you know, forces that are like kind of trying to keep us away from connection with the Lord. So we might feel spiritually alone, spiritually lonely. This one is like hyper fixated on the experience and feeling of God. Right. Right. Yes. And And feeling like, which I feel like there's a lot we can do to change that, but it can sometimes feel powerless. Well, I guess the question would be is, does, does God withhold himself? No, I don't believe he enforces himself upon us. I believe we have to invite him in, right? but but I don't think he's going, if we invite him in that he's not going to come. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I go to like, if there's like habitual sin, Mm -hmm. right? There's like deep rooted sin. Like there's a Matthew 19, like, if you have taken offense with a friend, leave your sacrifice at the altar and go and reconcile. Yeah. Like there are, I do think there are things that relationally um, numb a, a, your relationship with God, fellowship with God. Yeah, but it's, I think it's more on us and us choosing to partner with those things than God choosing to like be absent to us with his love, emotion, kindness, compassion. Yeah. I, I don't think he sits there and says, I'm going to withhold it. Cause I'm mad at you for no, purchase. I, right. But I, I do think there's a, 
there is a degree where if I genuinely invite in God, I think the corresponding action is I'm destroying and eliminating and wanting to eliminate anything that's getting in the way of God connecting with me and vice versa. Right. And I think what you're saying too is something on our side that might be limiting us or disconnecting us with God is a lack of repentance. Right. Lack of repentance that also leads to shame. Shame's a big one that drives us away from the Lord. Yes. And so we may feel like we can't even get to repentance because of so much shame. And so there's a lot of reasons we might feel spiritually lonely. Right. Um, the next one is physical loneliness, which is the one we think of the most. Like I, I am completely alone And this, when it comes to dating though, it, it relates more of, I have no one to share the load of these life experiences with. Yeah. So that can come into the holidays. Like I have all these fun traditions and holiday th- things, right. but I have no one to share them with. This is like experiential loneliness. Right. Like, like I'm and, going to, I'm going to Europe this summer. By I have myself. no one to share that with. I'm going to the airport and I have nobody to help me with my bags or luggage. And once again, it's right. just me, myself and I getting an Uber, getting all my bags there, getting an Uber to where I have to go once I land. Like I just have no one there to share the load or life experiences with. Yep. Yeah. And then the last one would be situational loneliness where like you actually are excluded or left out, like purposely you're left out from events, you're discluded, you're not invited, which can also happen during the holidays with parties, events, different things. You find out I'm not invited. Oh my gosh. This also of course happened during the pandemic where like just situationally we were all excluded um, from many things that we would normally do because of the situation of the pandemic. So how many kinds are there? One, two, three, four, five, six. That's six different kinds of loneliness. So I think it's important to just know like which one am I really feeling in this season in the holidays? Like which one comes up for me the most or which one is coming up for me right now the most in the season? Right. So it's instead of just settling at, I feel lonely, it's, well, where exactly do I feel lonely? Yeah. Why do I feel lonely? Like in, in what way do I feel lonely? Because if you can identify the one that you're feeling, then you can more likely remedy it and work on it. Right. Yeah. And I, I totally, totally. Now, loneliness, I call it like the single holiday blues because mm. there's like holiday blues in general, which is um, if you've lost a loved one, like if you're a widow or a widower mm-hmm. or like you've right. like there's a holiday blues of like the absence of. I used to have this experience and now I don't. Right. I used to have it, but now I don't. Which can happen if you were in a relationship in the past and ho- totally. during the holidays and you don't have that relationship anymore. Now there's like the single holiday blues, which is like, I'm just sad because maybe I've never had it. Yes. <laughs> and all I've seen yes. is it. Yep. From every rom-com to my friends, to my parents, to my siblings, all I've seen is what a divine joyful experience the holidays are for those who are in they're so romanticized like it really i i mean i love the holidays and i grew to love them as a single but they really are like highly romanticized well instead of it being like it's the most wonderful Wonderful time time of the year it should be it's the most romanticized time time of the year year. for sure because it is yeah yeah But I want to clarify, when we say holiday blues, it doesn't necessarily mean depression, though it can lead to depression. But the term holiday blues really comes from having high expectations 
at having a large amount of loneliness and maybe a lot of compounded stress, which can just like lead to feeling down, more down. And sometimes this can be temporary, but if it becomes really chronic, like over two weeks or more, sometimes that can lead to seasonal depression and anxiety. And I want to just mention something interesting that does like cause a lot of potential holiday blues, like puts it on people is that the fact that there's a lot of stressors in this season of the holidays, like think about it. There are so many more parties, so many more events. There's pressure to go to events. There's pressure to host events. There's pressure to buy gifts and buy the perfect gift and spend a lot of money, which spending a lot of money is also a stressor. Like flights alone to travel places are really expensive. There's a stressor with potentially spending time with family. Maybe you love your family, but then you have to figure out how to split the family time between you and your parents and their divorce, like both parents, sets of parents and they're divorced. Now me and JJ have like four families we need to visit because my parents are divorced, his parents are divorced. And that could just be stressful. Like all of these things, even going to the mall or getting gifts, like I've never seen the mall so packed. It's like stressful. You're just like, you can feel the anxiety at the mall where everyone's like rushing to find the perfect gift and things are sold out and blah, blah, blah. So there's just a lot of stressors. You know what those stressors all have in common what they're all dealing with really high expectations from other people yeah they they are all about high expectations from other people going to this party or not Mm -hmm. what are they going to expect what are they going to say buying gifts well it's got to be a good gift it's got to be a thoughtful gift what if they don't like to give okay spending time with family uh, the highest expectations i have to show up well i have to look nice i have to make sure that they know that my the baby sorry it was a big one very cool (laughs) sorry baby it's so new for me sorry (laughs) that's so awesome Sorry, guys, we had a big leg kick. Um, All these stressors, though, the object of them is the expectations of other people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which should show us something. Yeah. It's about pleasing others versus focusing on either a taking care of yourself, but also the reason for the season. (laughs) Well, it is funny. None of them have to do with you and none of them have to do with God. It's all like so if. What that would tell me is if I'm a slave to people's opinions and expectations of me, the holidays are the worst. Yeah. Because this is like the crown jewel, the Super Bowl, the playoffs of people's expectations and delivering on them. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm going so to let hard. I'm going oh. to let some of those people down. Yeah, I mean, I feel that and I'm not single anymore and I feel that may still. Last year I went into depression over the holidays because of a lot of these things that you're saying. Right. I mean, like being a slave to people's expectations or opinion, like give them a good example. We were doing a lot of travel and staying mm-hmm. at a lot of people's houses. Yep. One of Kate's core fears is feeling like she is a burden to someone. Yep. And I feel like when it comes to that topic, you either like don't care or you really care. Yeah. Right. And for Kate, she hates to be a burden. Yeah. No, I, ooh, I so hated the holidays it. are actually not enjoyable for her at all when we're staying at people's places. Yeah. I, I don't like, cause I have a lot of specific like food things I can't eat and I need a certain amount of sleep. And I also, I just, I don't love like, and we also have the dogs with us, which make it like more 
that made it more crazy because like the dogs are a secondary. It's, it's one thing if it's me and JJ, but you add the dogs in and like, who knows if the dogs have accidents or Lovey just happened to have a ton of diarrhea on this trip, which was awful. And, you know, so you're just dealing with, yeah, lots of things that you're imposing onto people. And I don't like that. Yeah, she really doesn't like it. So I was actually doing some research and there's a study done by the National Alliance on Mental Health illness, also called NAMI. And they did a study on a ton of different people, hundreds of people. And they found that 66% of people in the study experienced loneliness during the holidays. 55% of the people they studied found themselves remembering happier times in the past and contrasting those happier times with the present. So that can be, again, thinking about a past relationship and how you're in that in the past and how now you don't have that. The, they also said that 50% of people were actually unable to be with loved ones. So there are actually a lot of people that can't be with loved ones for one reason or another, which also can lead to holiday blues. Right. And they said that 24% of people who already had a mental health condition found that the holidays made it a lot worse for their mental health, which... You know, again, we think it's like the holiday fun. It's blah, supposed blah, blah. to be the most wonderful time of the year. Just like Disney's the most magical place on earth, but it actually is. But um, it's not actually. But it actually is. No. And anyway, but if you have a predisposed mental health condition, it can actually, the holidays can sometimes make it a lot worse for you. So let's talk about just how do people here listening, our amazing singles community, combat some loneliness and the holiday blues well it's kind of a funny question to ask right well i think it's important well no i'm not i'm not criticizing your question okay <laughs> but like let's combat loneliness like it's a battle it's a war right well it is something that we don't love to feel right totally so yeah no it's a funny uh question to ask how do we combat loneliness mm-hmm. or how do we maybe a better way not to say that yours is bad <laughs> is how do we struggle and work through it? Yeah. How do we grow through the loneliness? Yeah. And the holiday blues. Right. So my, I think number one, by far and away, disappointment is rooted in failed expectations. Yes. Disappointment always. is always rooted. And that's not to say you can't have expectations, right? Mm. I don't think that we swing the pendulum the other way and say, you have no expectations. I think that's a little too cynical. Uh, I but do just that make sometimes. make them very low and reasonable. Keep them low, keep them reasonable, and keep them like clear with your boundaries pertaining to other people. Yep. Right. So I think you're a little bit better at this or yeah, more practice. The, so keep expectations low. I think the second thing is setting boundaries. And in fact, like setting boundaries is like know what are your emotional and physical boundaries this season for yourself. Maybe it's not going to every holiday party. Maybe it's not going home for the holidays. Maybe it is I need to go for home for the holidays because I really need that for myself. Maybe it's um, boundaries and what kind of conversations I'm going to engage with, boundaries with the kind of food I'm going to eat because that affects my mental health boundaries with how much sleep I'm getting boundaries with how much I'm drinking. There's a lot more drinking that happens during the holidays, you know, take it easy which, on the eggnog, you know? <laughs> which only leads to more holiday blues because alcohol is a depressant. Right. And so I've really had to be like very strict with my boundaries with family in the past 
several years and starting in singleness. And it's been able to be way more enjoyable when I've been able to set those boundaries. So I think boundaries are a big one. And within those boundaries, just be like, just remember two things. First, if you set the boundary, you are the keeper of the boundary. You can't expect that they're going to completely adhere to your boundary. If you set them and make them clear, then you need to adhere to them, which means if somebody is trying to go against them, you have to stick up for yourself. And that makes it really hard. You're not the victim to somebody crossing your boundaries. Oh, but they just won't respect me. That might be true, but you have to uphold a boundary. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that's where people get um, most... Like stuck in people pleasing. Right. Because well, they also have an expectation that this boundary is going to be mutually agreed upon, respected and proceeded. Not always happen that way. Boundaries are like a a one way fence going up most of the time. Right. And you got to keep laying the mortar, laying the bricks and like keeping that wall because they're probably going to be rubbing up against it. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Like, yep. You are the steward of the boundary, not them. Yeah. And with that, be very compassionate with yourself. This might be a really tender time and it's totally okay. If you're having a lot of feelings, it's totally okay. If you need to re reset, recalibrate your boundaries, it's okay to say no or not be able to go as all out on certain things that you've done in the past. So please, please have compassion for yourself. It's so important to have compassion during this time of year. Okay. The last thing. Number two. Well, no, I did one and two. This is number three. Oh, you skipped. Well, okay. Wow. Very cheeky. I did. Yeah. This is the third one. The third one for those. Oh, do you want to say it? Yeah. I wanted to say it. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, baby. You just get going. Hey, this is not a solo podcast anymore, right? (laughs) Sorry, honey. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You are a co-host. Yes, please. Co-host. Please enlighten them with your ideas and thoughts. Well... (laughs) Number two, or technically three, three, is live in reality and create new memories. Mm -hmm. Instead of daydreaming, instead of fantasizing, instead of reliving maybe fond memories of the past, Mm -hmm. go and create new memories. Mm -hmm. Go and create new memories. I think we get so stuck on fantasizing about a reality that doesn't even exist we now have a disappointment on our hands that shouldn't exist in the first place. Right. Because we ventured and fantasized about reality that we wanted and desired, we now come back to planet Earth and now are more ungrateful, more upset, and more sad and disappointed than we were in the first place. Right. A hundred percent. We're reading a great book right now called Anonymous, which yes. you've talked about. Alicia Britt Sholee, shout out. Which Love her. talking about loneliness, we should have made a bunch of parallels if we were smarter. Uh, but one thing that we were just learning lately is, you know, when you're fantasizing and daydreaming and you come back to reality, you are nothing but ungrateful for the reality that you have in front yeah, of you. Totally. Which is true. Think about anytime you fantasize and want more, you come back and everything around you is not good enough. It doesn't, it will never feel good enough. Right. Yeah. 100%. And so like moving forward in the gratitude and hey, let's forge new memories. Like take it upon yourself to go out and say, there's not a Christmas party this week. Well, guess what? I can host one. 
I can find a way to get one done. I'm going to invite every broken up person with I know. <laughs> Obviously going to separate the exes at the party. <laughs> like I'm going to make, uh, we're going to have like an eggnog competition. Okay. <laughs> or uh, like you are like figuring out and thinking of fun ways to create new memories. Yes. Like never be the excuse for why something is not happening. Yeah. Okay. That's right, if, if it's not happening, make it happen. Like take it upon yourself. And probably what I would, Honestly, encourage every single who is wrestling, struggling, challenged with loneliness and the single holiday blues is this. What if your loneliness was a gift that urged you, nudged you, forced you into a situation where God was the only enjoyment and fulfillment and satisfaction Mm -hmm. for you? Would it not be worth it? Yeah. Would that loneliness, if that loneliness Mm -hmm. serves ultimately as the trigger that sent you closer to God, because of that loneliness, I turned to God because I had nothing else to turn to, would it not Mm -hmm. be worth it? Yeah. That loneliness was the best catalyst I could have asked for to drive me closer to God than I ever knew him before. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you hear marriage quotes and they say, though, worst thing that you could ask for for a close relationship with God is a great spouse. Mm. Because when you have a great spouse, when you have good circumstances, when you're not as lonely as you were as a single, you're just less compelled to seek out God. Lean on the Lord. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true, baby. Wow, that's a word. Yeah. You're very wise. All right, guys, we're going to close out today on a fun note. So I have a question for you, JJ Tomlin. Okay. What is your most fond memory of Christmas time? uh, Well, does this include um, Thanksgiving, like holidays? Sure. Holidays overall. Okay. Yes. Okay. I have a good one. Sure. It has to do with football. I'm sure. No, it doesn't. Hunting. Um, No. Okay. Uh, This one has to do with the turkey trot. Okay. (laughs) So first of all, I have a question. Would you have married me if me and my family were turkey trot people? Yeah, I've done the turkey trot once. Okay. So that's not a red flag or a turn off if like uh, the person you're dating. (laughs) No, babe. No. Okay. So if the person you're dating is and their whole family are turkey trot people, is that a red flag? (laughs) No, it's fine. Why? I would, I would tread carefully. I What's would, your turkey trot story? Well, the turkey trot for me, hate it. But me and my friends were thinking about how can we make this a little bit more fun or exhilarating? Or if we were going to do this, how can we, uh-huh. you know, level it up? Yes. Have you ever heard of the milk mile? No. You've never heard of the milk mile? Nope. Okay. So the milk mile is... Uh, or it's called a gallon challenge as well. Oh, okay. You have to take a gallon of milk every mile. Uh, you have to run one mile, but you have to finish that gallon of milk before you can finish your mile. Oh, that's disgusting. That you're going to throw up that milk. <laughs> that's kind of the point of it. Ew. Oh it's my a, goodness. It's a, it's a, it's the ultimate test for grit. No, please. And resilience. Please, Lord, no. So my friends and I said... Is this real, you guys? I can't even. We did a turkey trot 5K. Okay. And we each ran with a gallon (gasps) of custard. What? You drank custard? We drank a gallon. We drank a gallon of custard. That's like a gallon of eggnog? 
Yeah, and we dro- and we oh. ran a 5K. <laughs> when I'm telling you, <laughs> we cross the finish line. <laughs> and like a photo finish, it, it literally could not have been better written. You threw up. As we crossed the finish line, we threw it all up <laughs> everywhere. <gasps> I'm there, sorry to everyone was, listening right now, it was, but it's so no, gross. No, listen, listen. I'm not done. It was projectile. <laughs> it was ever. It was everywhere. <gasps> JJ! People, people were like calling like the paramedics because <laughs> they didn't know we were you drinking guys, custard. That's such a dude thing to do. It was everywhere. It literally looked like you had just like. I, I don't need to know. I don't need the visual. Eradicated a village of white Smurfs. It was just like <laughs> a genocide of white Smurfs. Okay, baby, baby. Puddles. <laughs> It was dis- it was probably the oh and we ran it. I remember we ran my hard. my one and only turkey trot. Afterwards, I made tofurkey and had a vegan Thanksgiving for my family. That is wait, you made your family do a vegan Thanksgiving with tofurkey. They wait, hold on. Tofu turkey. No, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> they participated in this with you? Yeah. I I think they also brought their real meat on the side, but then all the other dishes were totally fine without like with vegan, but it was just the turkey that was super weird. I'm not going to vegan shame here, but you were that vegan. I was. This is many years ago. Dude, that That my sister, 12 years ago, my sister came home on her vegan rant and tried to make us, we would have made her eat outside. Well, there you go. Um, Anyway, guys, hey, we have a lot coming for you this season, and we're excited and expectant, and we love you guys so much. Talk to you guys soon. Love you. Bye. The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate and JJ Tomlin. Shout out to our epic audio and video editor, Scott Caro. We have an amazing Heart of Dating team who helps bring the show to you each week. I want to shout out Kelsey Napier, our Heart of Dating Digital Marketing Coordinator, and Elena Gibson, our Brand and Community Manager. We couldn't do it without them. Now, if you guys have never ranked us or reviewed us on iTunes or Spotify, would you consider doing that? It would mean so much because our podcast can get more discovered and more people can learn how to better date as Christians. Don't we all want that? We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays. So we will see you next week.